The third short story, No More Parties in America. I was standing in the middle of a luxurious ballroom in Portland, Oregon. A very angsty punk band was performing on stage. People were jumping and hollering all around me, and the hairy, disgruntled lead singer was screaming into the microphone. It was all very uncomfortable, if I am being perfectly honest. There were glow sticks scattered all over the sticky floor, and beer getting sloshed on people's shirts nearly every ten minutes. I wanted to be anywhere else but here. I wanted to be back in my hotel room, taking a nice bubble bath, ordering in, enveloping myself in a plush white robe, and falling asleep to a History Channel special. That wasn't about to happen anytime soon, although I desperately needed the tender loving care. Maybe it would happen tomorrow evening. My friends did not own me, even though they would like to think they did. No, thank you, I said to a tipsy brunette girl giving me the eyes. I did not know exactly what she wanted, she did not say, but I figured it was wise to be proactive. You come here often? A man wove his way between the currents of people to make introductions. He was the tan, beach blonde, bodybuilder type. Oh, dear Lord. He was wearing the fishnet tank top. No. Why not? Listen, I don't want to be rude. Bloody hell, I'll just come right out and say it. I'm not into gentlemen. He already had his mouth open as I was talking. Because you and I should... Wait, what? I'm flattered, though. But that rainbow bow tie. Again with the bow tie, I shouted. I never should have taken advantage of that clearance sale. Gwen always seemed to find the bow tie funny. Listen, I commend your confidence, but I'm in search of some long-lost friends. The beach boy's face was stone cold. And before I could try to smooth over the situation, he had disappeared back into the crowd. No, I'm serious, I cried after him. My friends picked me up and dropped me off, and now I can't seem to find them. What a god-awful nightmare the evening was turning into. I had never been the party type, and I was racking my brain, trying to figure out how I had somehow ended up here. Jack! There was the ratty mullet I had been searching for. Thank God. Where's everybody else? I somehow had ended up near the stage, and Madman Billy from the Kinky Giants was screaming the words, England must perish, into my ears. And I repeated the words, honeysuckle bath soap, in my head like a transcendental mantra. Oh, you know, they're around. Jack took a hit from whatever he was holding. It's getting close to midnight. I've got an early flight to catch tomorrow. Don't you think we should be heading back? Hey now, we're only on the second song of this album. Relax. Let the music just wash over you like a holy wave. I need a holy sleep. Well, let's see. There are chairs here. I looked around the auditorium and sighed. I'm heading back to my hotel, Jack. Well, okay, if you're sure. 
Tell the others, will you? Yeah, yeah. So that they don't worry? Yeah. A girl a few feet away hit me in the head. Will you shut up? Shouldn't you be at home, grounded? Thanks, Dad. She was being clever now. You're welcome, sweetheart. I had to get out of there. The perfumes of rebellious teenage, homecoming kings and queens were obnoxious gases. The singing on stage was the sound of ambulant sirens. The wave of people's outstretched hands was the line going up and down on an ICU monitor. I parted through the sea of people and saw the green word exit amid the plethora of glow sticks and spray paint. Hey, aren't you that guy that was on Good Morning America? No. I wished I had on a jacket, some sort of hood to throw over my head. I could feel the metallic bars across my chest. Open sesame. And then I was out. I was sweating. Why was there so much sweat on me? I was breathing in the cool night air. I could see the Waffle House across the street and the guy with the red vest on the curb taking his smoking break. No more parties for me. No more nightly romps to loud auditoriums in the heart of some strange downtown city. Two bouncers in dark blue were giving me looks. Hey, aren't you that guy with the new book out? Nope, sorry. Yes, you are. You were on Good Morning America yesterday. My girlfriend and I were watching. What kind of book? His whiskery partner asked him. A cookbook, I butted in. Southern style comfort from the English front. That's what you wrote about? That's the title, I clarified. Good title, the bouncer with the goatee said. Hush Puppies Esquire said the shorter of the two, grinning. Ugh, I love it. I'm making it for the boys on Sunday. Good for you, I mumbled. Now, if you'll excuse me, could I get a picture? I caved in rather too soon. Sure, but let's make it a quick one, yeah? The bouncer gave his phone to his friend and threw his arm around me. Make sure the flash is on, he said. He smiled. What's your name again? Archie Beige. Archie Beige. Well, I'll be damned. Well, I'll be a son of a bitch. Smile and say cheese, said the crouching bouncer. Cheese. Honeysuckle bath soap, I told myself. And three, two, one, a flash. Okay, one more. Your face was really weird in that one, Mike. And Mr. Beige, open your eyes. Smile. Duly noted, I muttered. Archie Beige, the bouncer said again. Well, I'll be a son of a bitch. Okay, say cheese. Honeysuckle bath soap. Cheese. Three, two, one. Another flash. He looked down at the screen. Okay, that's good. Now a goofy one. I've got to run, I said, breaking away from the crestfallen bouncers. You got to run? Yes, it was nice meeting you, lads. 
I took a few steps toward the street. And right there, I began the humiliating process of holding up my arm for a cab and ignoring the people who I had just wished farewell and were standing directly behind me. Oh, you're not going to get a taxi at this time of night. We're in the city, aren't we? Sure. And why shouldn't I bloody well get a taxi at midnight? Curfews, you know. The bouncers were trying to contain their laughter. Don't you two have a comedy club to perform at? Morons. I saw a blob of yellow in the distance. Oh, thank goodness. Taxi! Are you ever going to write fantasy or science fiction, Mr. Beige? Asked the bouncer with the goatee. The taxi pulled up, and I opened up one of the back doors. I stared at Abbott and Costello as if my life depended on it. I was drilling Superman-style laser beams through their eyes and into their skulls. Do I look like the type of person who writes fantasy? Do I look like the type of person who writes science fiction? No, Mr. Beige. Good evening, Mr. Beige. Gentlemen. The cab door slammed shut and the driver pulled away and took the ramp onto the freeway. Marriott, you got it. The driver was beefy, graying, and had a cigar hanging out of his mouth that was balancing perilously on the edge of his lower lip. Weren't they all like that? Suddenly his face lit up. Hey, you're that guy. Partition, please. This is a taxi. You're not in some fancy limousine. Then please be quiet or I will be forced to make a partition of my own. Marriott Hotel. A cool ride back, even though most of my mind was in a haze. I could see all the shops and all of the houses. The clouds were beautiful and mutant up there in the purple sky. I began to make out certain shapes, like I was a seven-year-old, sprawled out on the grassy mound in some neighborhood park. I could see the valley of people at the concert I had just attended. I could see the shiny stuffed unicorn my daughter wanted for Christmas. I could see the dismembered heads of Argentinian militia flanking the fences of cottages. And directly after these thoughts, I asked myself, have I missed the mark? All I had ever wanted to do was cook. I wanted to feed the loved ones who could not feed themselves. My old man was practically useless in the kitchen. We lived in a little two-story in Newcastle, and he could barely bring himself to touch the pans when he was unloading the dishwasher. I thought of how he would always wake me in the middle of the night so I could make him something because all he knew how to do was work the microwave. I wanted to feed the people who could not feed themselves. Was I not doing that, though? I had put out a book to help people. It wasn't just a cookbook. It was a self-help book. It was a loving book, a Good Samaritan type of book. Too many stopovers, I told myself sadly. It was the book tour that was killing me. I realized in that cab, bound for the Marriott, that I was feeling so torn up because I didn't want to be at parties in some club downtown in America 
avoiding sexual diseases. I wanted to be home. I wanted to be eating dinner with my wife and reading my daughter her bedtime story. No more parties in America. Honeysuckle bath soap. No more parties in America. <laughs>